You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treder and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Meredith Lynch, an LA-based content creator who is also getting her MFA in creative writing and works in higher education. Meredith grew up in Massachusetts, where she dreamed of being a teacher and or talk show host. She loved to read, swim, put on plays with her friends, and of course, loved American Girl. Meredith was specifically drawn to our early 20th century queen, Samantha Parkington. We are so excited to chat today and hear all about her experience with American Girl. Meredith, welcome to AGW. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And we are so excited to have you here. I know we've been chatting a lot uh, as we've been leading up to recording the podcast, but we've just been laughing and loving sharing, and we can't wait to get into all things American Girl. Truly. Meredith, I have been following you on TikTok for what seems like for as long as I've been on the app. You came up on my For You page, (laughs) and I was like, immediately follow, immediately love this woman. You are so intelligent and I am so excited that you grew up with AG. I saw your post about a little Samantha conspiracy, which we could get into later. And I was like, oh my God, Meredith is an AG girly. Like I immediately need to connect with you. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to hear about your experience. Thank you for having me. I, first of all, thank you for following me on TikTok. And I know it's a little unhinged. So thanks for sticking around. (laughs) I, I love connecting with other people who loved the same pop culture stuff that I loved. And I really think if you were an AGD child, like the pipeline to TikTok is, is pretty, pretty strong. Right. Like totally. And there's so many like ways to engage with American girl on TikTok. Like, I feel like we are in good company of people who are going through their stuff and their parents attics or basements or whatever, finding it, just finding the humor in those memories as well. So it's a fun time to be chatting about these things. Right. And I think we're like seeing with TikTok that you could still like engage with AG in other ways than just collecting dolls. Like even just like talking about the memories, I feel like bringing it back to the surface is still like a way to interact with it and to engage with people. And yeah, it's just so fun that it's, you know, having this big cultural moment again, and it's back on our minds. I love it. And I love what y'all are doing. So thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, before we talk about your American Girl experience, Meredith, what were you like growing up? Oh, God, I'm a lot like I am now. God help my parents. <laughs> uh, so I am uh, an oldest child. I'm a textbook oldest child. I have two younger sisters. I was born to be an oldest child. And uh, I was a bit of a boss and maybe kind of still am. I was a kid who loved reading. I always tell people when they ask what I was like when I was little, I I always say my favorite thing in the world was not just Sesame Street, but on Sesame Street, there was like a the little town, the little city. They lived in like Brooklyn and they would have little, you know, things that happened there. 
I wanted to live there. I wanted to live in that neighborhood and live on that street and be with those people. I loved the, I loved the corner store. I loved like, just like, you know, the characters and the little scraps they would get into. So I was a kid who liked like a little bit of drama, like, okay, I'm just going to say it. Um, (laughs) And I, I loved to do a lot of like imaginative play. So like things like Barbies, dolls, um, you know, making my friends play now and then, and I would assign them different characters and things like that. So, you know, when people look back on their childhoods and they're like, oh my God, I loved playing soccer. I was like, yeah, no, not into it. Um, But if you like (laughs) want to hang out and play little women, you're going to be Beth, but you can hang. (laughs) That's the kind of kid that I was. So relatable. It's like, yeah, I I don't want to ever play a sport, but if you want to play Princess Anastasia with me, like we can do that. <laughs> and no, I the darker so the better. Like, you know, yes. Anastasia, like that was some heavy, that's some heavy right. stuff, but I, I was here for that. Right, exactly. Because it needs to be authentic and there needs to be drama for sure. Honestly. (laughs) Meredith, we have to know what is your astrological chart looking like? So I'm a Sagittarius and I stop there because I'm a purist. All right. (laughs) I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know what else I am, but I believe (laughs) I'm a, uh, I lean into that narrative. And I also, this is the only, this is my only caveat. I was supposed to be born November 11th and I was born November 28th. So I was shockingly late. I was meant to be a Scorpio. So I feel, I feel like I have some Scorpio in me. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, we're, we're all three fire signs here because Lindsay and I are both Leos, um, but love, love a Sagittarius. I have many Sagittariuses in my life. I feel like this, this three, three, some sort of vibes with like the fire signs. So it makes a lot of sense. I think. (laughs) Yes. I love Leo's. (laughs) and I love Sages I'm a Sag rising which Mm. I started getting into and like deeply relate to I actually went to an astrologer recently who was telling me that I should only be looking at my rising sign horoscope and then she was like she she confused me like a little bit she was like and we're also moving into like Capricorn so you could also look at Capricorn horoscopes and I'm like I can't be looking at three separate horoscopes and like no the dots here I don't want to look at my rising sign horoscope. My rising sign's Libra. I don't. I don't want to look at that. It's my. I'm. I'm a Leo. Like let's. let's not, yeah. Yeah. I have deep respect for the people who have the other things, but I'm just like I can only handle so much because as a typical Sag, I would start going down the rabbit hole of the other signs. Right. Right. No. Well, that make this makes a lot of sense to put in context of the way that you were playing as a kid. Did you consider yourself to be sort of like the instigator, the leader of these games and little scenarios you were acting out as you were doing them? I would say yes, unless one of my older cousins was there. Did you guys ever have older cousins? I'm the oldest in every facet of my family. So Good for you. I have a I have a big complex there, but like I can I think I can relate. It's like when when the older kid comes into play. Yeah, totally. Like and everybody we're falls like, in line. Yes. Like 18, they could be 18 months older than you, and you'd be like, well, I guess you're taking over. Um, right. and I guess I guess you're in charge here. 
So that, <laughs> so I was, but if, if an, if an older kid or like an older kid in the neighborhood came around, I'd be like, oh, this is, this is your time to shine person. Who's a great <laughs> above me. Oh right, God, I love right. it. A, a pecking order purist. Yes, I like yes. that. You respect it. How much older are you than your sisters? Yeah. So I have one sister who's two years younger than me. So we're pretty mm-hmm. close in age. And then one yeah. sister who's eight years younger than me. So the one who's two years, we kind of came up with like a lot of the same toys. Like she'd get one version, I'd get the other. And that'll come into my AGD story. Uh, and then the young who's like eight years younger than me, you know, it was kind of like, oh, like she's the baby and she's like forever mm-hmm. the baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very unproblematic, I feel like in that way. <laughs> oh yeah. She is like the, she's like the, she's neutral in it all. Cause if you have a sibling who's two years younger than you, like there's going to be some like, uh, what was Molly's older sister's name? Oh God. What was her older sister's name? Something very forties, like yes or something yes <laughs> right <laughs> and I feel like that was me and my sister like there was a little bit of that bumping up against each other sometimes yeah okay that's fair yeah yeah I have to find out the sister's I know. name Jill 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 <laughs> yeah she was okay there we see, go like if Jill came around and like we're hanging out in the neighborhood and we're playing now and then and I have taken on the do you know now and then oh yeah yes, I, I take on I've taken on the role of teeny and I'm really enjoying it. And if, but if, but if someone with Jill energy came in, I'd be like, whoever you want to be, you can be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll be Bonnie Hunt. I don't care. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. No, that's so accurate. Age differences felt like eternities back then. Like someone who was a year older, a grade above you felt like so powerful. So yeah. I mean, it's so I, true. I wonder if kids still feel like that. I don't know. I feel like it's different today, but I, I know that I was like severely intimidated by someone a grade above me. It makes for very interesting play dynamics. I want right? to know the effect that this had on all of us in therapy. Right? Honestly, <laughs> do, you, I, do you know where this person is? Oh my gosh. Yes. I had a neighbor who was like a year older than me who Mm -hmm. like, we, we were like frenemies. We like were friends, but then she was like really bossy and like Mm -hmm. totally turned against each other in middle school, like did some MySpace cyberbullying of each other back and forth. Like it was, it was, you know, but she was the alpha, like totally. Of course. She had earned that by being born nine months earlier or something. And what about you, Lindsay? I like strongly felt that if there was like an older kid, it was like a known difference between us, even a few years. But I have this interesting theory with like looking at a yearbook from junior high, the people that were a grade older than me, I still look at them as significantly older. I could be looking at a picture of like a literal 12 year old and be like, they're older. And it's like only these specific people I feel right. like I, I would look at another 12 year old being like, that's a child. But if I had seen their picture when I was, you know, 11 and I don't know what, what it is about it. Have we yeah. I've talked about that on the podcast before? No, but. it's, it's wild. I hope all my younger cousins, cause I only have younger cousins. I hope they all think of me this way uh, to this day <laughs> because I would be very flattered. Um, right. But just 
getting into the American Girl of it all, we know now what you were like as a kid and what kinds of play you like to engage in. What was your earliest memory of American Girl? I believe my earliest memory was going to my cousin's house and seeing a magazine, Mm. seeing a Pleasant Company magazine and being like, what is this? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can't get this in my eyeballs fast enough. Yeah, right. That I think was my first experience. And then sort of like her explaining to me like, well, there's these dolls and you can order them in the catalog and just being like, oh my God, I can't believe it. (laughs) Wow. Did she have any or did she just have the catalog? You know, I think at that point she probably just had the catalog, but she did end up, she, she ended up getting some or getting one, Mm. I think. Yeah. But she had a bunch of sisters. So I think there were eventually a lot of American Girl dolls kicking around the house. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the ideal scenario. Right. Um, and how did you transition from, you know, that first experience of looking at the catalog and being like taken aback by it to eventually coming into your possession of your own doll? Well, it was a long road. I will say that it was a very long road. I wanted an American girl doll. Like probably I would say probably like in first grade, like I probably saw it first in first grade. And I was like, I want that. And I knew I wanted Samantha. And then I had like, then like, I think the catalog started coming to our house. Cause I think that you probably like, it was like mom bought a Rothschild coat. So now we get the catalogs. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, you know, I I would walk around with the catalog all the time. Like it was like, I would carry it places. I would bring it to like your parents. Like, do you remember you go out to dinner and your parents would be like, okay, like bring a book or something. I would bring the catalog. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew exactly how much that damn doll cost at the time. I think it was like $84 or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does this sound kind of accurate? Yeah. 84 if you don't get the accessories, which my parents never were getting. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I knew that Samantha was $84. Mm-hmm. And I would say to my mom all the time, things like, don't you have $84? <laughs> I would be like... You know, like, what if I combine all my birthday money for like two years? Would I have $80? Like, I had (laughs) no concept of what this money was, right? Mm -hmm. And so my mother would always say, those dolls are, you know, they're for older kids. They're for, you know, those dolls are very expensive and blah, blah, blah. So I'd get the sort of like rigmarole. She was gaslighting. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I can remember being at a shoe store as a little kid and it was like a shoe a shoe store where they would like bring you the shoes so like they don't even have these really anymore like a big nice shoe store where they would bring you the shoes and there was a little girl there and i could tell she was with her grandmother and i was convinced the kids with grandparents because i didn't really have grandparents got like the best shit and so i remember (laughs) seeing her and she had a balloon and a samantha doll and she put the samantha doll down on the chair and i just thought i could take it I could take it. No one would know. I could just, which like, I was not a kid that like stole, but I was like, I want that damn doll. Okay. So eventually my mom made the deal with me that she was like, okay, if you read the books, I think this happens with a lot of people. If you read the books, you can get the doll. And so that is, I read the books and then the doll came on Christmas day. I got Samantha and my sister got Addie. And I'll never forget seeing the box. I was like, 
this is the box. It was like a white box. It looked like a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm, like, that's how they used to come. Cause it was a yeah. present company one. And I was like, what's in here? And they're like, I don't know. Why don't you open it? Like my parents hadn't like set it up or anything. And so I opened it and sure enough, there was Samantha and I was very happy. So I was in third grade by the time I got the damn doll. Wow. Okay. I, that is mm-hmm. two years is a long time for a little kid. Yeah. But I love how they incentivize you to read the books, yeah. to get to know her story, to make sure you like really wanted her. And then right. had this like wonderful Christmas that you still remember today. But do you remember what drew you to Samantha in the first place? Oh God, where do I start? <laughs> where do I start? Well, first of all, I didn't come from a family that had tons of money and I loved that she was rich. I was like, oh, <laughs> sign me up. Not only is she rich, she doesn't have any s- damn siblings around. I was like, this is the dream. Like I thought this is the dream, right? Mm. This girl is living with her rich grandmother who like doesn't doesn't pay any attention to what she does like right. getting away with everything and there's like unlimited money and then when she just decides she wants to live with her cool uncle she just like goes and lives with him i was like this is the dream okay i'm sharing totally. a bedroom like uh, me and my sister have to buy two of everything like i don't like this so that i think was part of what drew me to her and also she is an agent of chaos i mean she does a lot of unhinged stuff and right. I'm here for it, but like it's with, it's through us through, I think it's often rooted in social justice, Yeah, which like, that's kind of how I feel about some of the stuff I do on TikTok. Yeah, And so I'm like, okay, I can sort of see how that happened. And I loved her clothes. I loved her time period. I just, I mean, I just, she was just so rich. Yes. <laughs> I wanted yes. to be rich. Yeah. I, I definitely like resonate obviously with the richness of it. And I'm surprised that American girl, I don't know. They weren't very like self-aware. I feel like about how they were, (laughs) how they were like portraying her as just unabashedly wealthy. But also I do feel like she fits in very nicely with like this only child fantasy that was being perpetuated by movies, like a little princess and stuff when we were kids where it made like looking like at the idea of being an orphan is very chic um, and very like dramatic and fantastical. And she fits right into that trope for sure. Yeah. I've always thought it was, it's now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, they really made being an orphan look like you were going to get the ultimate glow up because it's like a little princess, the secret garden, Annie, all these movies where it's like, you won't be an orphan for long kiddo. And I was like, damn if mom and dad die it could be sick (laughs) right and it's like it's like orphan but also wealth like right together you know it has to be both right because like well then you have nelly who eventually ends up as an orphan and she i mean she eventually gets the samantha trajectory of being rich when she gets adopted by uncle guard but like very different orphan story for her extremely (laughs) different like i always like glamorized like a little princess and the secret garden because like not only were they like extremely wealthy but like they live lives of leisure they had big houses to roam maybe not so much in a little princess but with the secret garden and annie when she gets to her mansion even with like it takes two right like Mm -hmm. right like you never see like the mundane like part of it like you're exploring and having fun and like samantha had that vibe too i know she had a school book but like 
I don't know. She was, no one she had time like, for her. And yeah, she loved right? it. Yeah. Seriously. That's, that's how she was, you know, sneaking out in the middle of the night to go see her poor housekeeper who was like, can I have work-life balance? She's like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, my God. Every, every like, domestic worker's nightmare, which is, like, the family you work for wanting to have a little chat with you after hours. <laughs> like, she was not getting it at all. <laughs> oh, my, oh my goodness. That's well, so, so funny. You've painted an amazing picture of Samantha, and I think Lindsay and I are both fully aligned with the reasoning behind getting her. I, Samantha was my Thank first you. doll as well. Was she? Yes. She's a great gateway doll. I mean, I think yes. her vibe is something that's very easy to understand for a young kid, and it's like maybe like when you're looking for that like type of escapism play like you you don't want like something that's like feels too similar to like your own life or existence or maybe you do sometimes maybe when you're older but I think when you're younger you just want you know fantasy and Samantha like she's checking that box and I think she's probably their most popular doll for sure yeah at I'm least curious. for the original the original five or six I feel like I feel like she's the natural, the natural standout. But when you had acquired your Samantha, which was already a pretty big feat, were you also acquiring some outfits and accessories for her as well? Oh, hell no. The buck stopped with the $84 <laughs> in shipping and handling. Like my parents were like, you better, you better like that little coin purse. Cause that's all you're getting. <laughs> um, there was no outfits to be had. Um, and I would walk around then once I got the doll, which this is probably, you know, the, the brilliant, you know, sort of work of pleasant company is I'd walk around with the catalog and I'd be like, mom, you won't believe it but the desk is only like $46. Like, oh my God. The pitch. less than the doll. Oh my God. She would be like, she would be like, I like I've run a daycare out of this house. Please leave me alone. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Fair. Everything was so expensive. I would go to other kids' houses and they would have the accessories. And I remember being like, well, you do have a grandma and she still drives. Like, I was like, you have a young grandma. Like, of course. Fair. You're <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's so true. The grandparent like level of it makes a lot of sense. If you had grandparents that were like catalog savvy, then yes, you, you were primed for having a yeah. lot of American girl. Yes. It's so funny. What were some of the items that you most wanted? Oh my God. Okay. I think the thing that I wanted probably the most was her bedroom set. Cause mm -hmm. I just thought it was so beautiful. I loved the brass bed. I just thought, oh my God. And she also had her own room, which like, I didn't have my own room. So that was like, uh, yeah. And I really wanted a matching outfit. Mm, yeah. That was, that was uh, like, oh, I right. wanted the Christmas dress so mm -hmm. bad oh, oh my god gorgeous same those matching outfits would have added such like an element of joy into my life we talk about it a lot on this podcast my mom is probably like I should have just fucking bought you that like for the amount of like hours I've said it like on this podcast but like they were so special and like were you also into dressing up like dress oh up? yeah I was like a kid I loved uh, dress up I loved like clothes I would like anytime I would get clothes I would like just immerse myself in them as a pre uh, if they were present I'd be like new clothes so yeah. I really wanted them 
And I used to get yeah. a lot of hand-me-downs from my older cousins, my older mm-hmm. cousins coming into the picture. So I loved <laughs> like any pitch where I could get something new. No, you, yeah. Lindsay, just remind me, which doll did you have? I had Felicity growing up and we actually just had a recent episode with Gabriella Vassi and she had a really interesting theory that you're either a Felicity Samantha or a Molly Kit. And I definitely agree with that. Like I easily could have swung Samantha. I actually got really into her like maybe a year after I got my Felicity and was like, damn it. I wish I got her. Like I only had my one doll. But they're very much aligned in the opulence and glamour and having that like aspirational wardrobe furniture element to them both. Like what I would have done for the matching girl size clothes from either the Samantha or Felicity collection. Well, I'm going to pitch an idea for you guys and I don't want it, but I think it's a million dollar idea, not a billion dollar idea. A clothing line that's like modern cool but it's inspired by those outfits like it's the same print like Mm -hmm. a like a cool blazer that's the same print as samantha's dress yes yes Uh, this is all i've wanted and i i'm just waiting for them to do a clothing collab with like a a hill house or one of those brands that can kind of like skew into that territory Mm -hmm. where they could do that because i'm picturing like a Hill House nap dress in like a Felicity pattern. And I'm loving that. And that's very wearable. Um, so wearable. It is. it is. And if we could just like make a replica of Felicity's summer dress, that would be the only thing I want in this world. Like that yes. white long dress with the little That sash. would be very in. Right? Totally. Honestly. Totally. I'm really hoping that Mattel one day hears this podcast and decides to kind of give us millennial girlies what we finally like need in this life. And that is adult size versions of those clothes. (laughs) They're very wearable. They're super wearable. I would totally wear Samantha's school dress to work. Right? I would wear that. Yeah. Absolutely. So many, so many of those matching clothes, like would be totally fine to just wear in your daily life. Like it doesn't even like seem too costumey to wear like an American girl outfit. Like they were pretty wearable. I'm imagining if this ever came to fruition, like if Lindsay and I still had to go into an office every day, both showing up in like an American girl outfit to our (laughs) our shared office space. Laura, what would your American girl doll outfit be? I think that mine, so I was definitely a Samantha girly, but I was also a little bit of a Josefina girly. Mm. Um, So I really love Josefina's birthday outfit. And Mm -hmm. she had mules, like the type of shoe with that Mm -hmm. outfit that were like this turquoise blue silk. I feel like like slip-ons are having a moment. So Mm -hmm. I would rock those with like maybe like a like long version of the skirt and then she has like a gorgeous like kind of peasanty blouse with it i feel like that would be my my vibe i love that Ooh. you could do it you guys i'm telling you, I, you do it make this line make it happen honestly i feel <laughs> oh, like we're I like know. always teetering on like a cease and desist from american girl so <laughs> well if I that know. happens you know who to call <laughs> <laughs> Right. Someone with experience. <laughs> Someone with experience. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people DM me and are like, hi, I just got a cease and desist and someone referred me to you. Are you able to talk? I'm like, 
oh child what is your cell phone number let's let's talk oh my gosh that's incredible uh my I advice is always like are you cool with taking it down and they're like yeah and I'm like then just take it down yeah <laughs> Brighter. That's, that's fair. We all we all know you're gonna cease and you're gonna desist. So right. don't postpone the inevitable. <laughs> yeah, seriously, my husband's like, eventually that's gonna happen to you guys. Like, like you're gonna either well, become let's like talk offline. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> offline, and I can give you some. <laughs> yeah. Was your sister into American Girl as much as you were? Like, was she also reading the books? What was her experience like? I would say my sister was into it just about as much as me. And she really liked Addie, which totally tracked because she was like so much nicer than me. Like she was just so much sweeter. And like Addie was just, I loved Addie. If I, I had to pick like a favorite books, I would probably pick Addie's books were my favorite. Like I really still can't think about, um, I believe it's at, is it, it's a Christmas one where Addie brings pumpkin pie and her dad shows up, I think at the Christmas party? Uh, that might be that I'm like trying to, I, I need to reread Addie's series. They're so good, but yeah. her series made me, cr- I think it was the first time I cried at a yes. book as a kid, like so heartfelt, so powerful, could stand alone, completely separate from American Girl. Those books are so, and I remember listening to this when I was listening to the um, podcast with Mary and Allison, which I love huge stan of mary um and and allison it's just that i dm i don't want to brag but i i'm sure you guys are, i know you guys are connected with mary <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, um, yeah but uh i like they talked about how well written those books were like they did yep. way more mm-hmm. research for those and it really shows sure yes yeah definitely yeah it's really interesting revisiting them now like i have a couple for my collection that i have like read in like an evening, but I only have like a handful of them, but, mm-hmm. um, you can listen to them on audiobook or like through the Libby app, they have mm-hmm. all of the American girl series, but the dolls of our lives podcast is absolutely incredible. We adore those girls so, so much. So they have impeccable pop culture taste as well. Right. Oh. I mean, they are the blueprint. they really they really are oh my gosh no they're so fun but I I do think like the way that they're revisiting the books and what I've found like as I've revisited some of them as I've gotten older is you you still take away you take away something different but like Mm -hmm. they don't they don't not speak to adults too like I think that the way that the adults are portrayed in the book is actually very powerful too for kids and adults to be able to understand each other mm-hmm. better. Um, they don't paint the adults as like super unfeeling or uncaring mm-hmm. of the of the kids' feelings. And I think, you know, coming from an adult perspective now, I really enjoy the effort that they also put into characterizing the different important adult characters, especially the adult women, but all Mm -hmm. of them. Um, So there's so much to take away from Addie's books, but all of the books, like I want to start a book club and actually attend it this time, Um, but it would be, (laughs) it would be amazing. I think um, to revisit those at some point. Um, but was your sister also into the books as well or were she was she did yeah. like the books I feel like she liked the books and she was a big reader and because we like shared a room there was like kind of no like it was like okay I finished this and then I hand it to you got it yeah. got it um and 
just to circle back, did your sister have to like prove herself to get her Addie doll as much as you had to do the work to get Savannah? (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because, and that was kind of the way things would work. And like, I mean, Laura, you said you're an oldest child. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I look back on it. I'm like the things that I had to do to get what you guys got, like in a minute. (laughs) I think part of the reason was like, my mom just wanted to give them to us at the same time. Mm-hmm. to just sort of like not make it like this thing that goes on forever and so like we would get a lot of the same things on Christmas like oh Meredith got the pink one and and you know my sister got the you know blue one and so I yeah. think it was sort of like okay well if I'm buying one I'm I mean maybe they maybe that was just like one shipping charge <laughs> right yeah. right they were like we're gonna do a one and done and yeah just knock it out and never never to be heard of again never an additional (laughs) accessory to be purchased (laughs) I mean that's amazing that you advocated for the American Girl dolls of your household was your youngest trailblazer seriously was your younger sister also into them he was not into them but she was a bitty baby stan like a Mm. She loved a bitty baby. And I think she was like at the right age for the bitty baby. Like when I got the catalog, I was like, oh, screw this. I might as well pull the last four pages out of this thing. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with these babies. <laughs> like, oh my God. But my sister loved the bitty baby to the point where like, I kind of feel bad because she was getting a little older and like people were like, she would still be asking for bitty baby things. And we'd be like, uh, Oh, you're like still asking for bitty baby, huh? Oh my <laughs> God. Like, Maybe. I mean, it brings up a very good point though, which is that depending on, you know, what kind of kid you are, some of these things are pretty big investments because you do sort of move on very quickly as a kid from certain phases. Mm -hmm. So the bitty baby phase is like even shorter than the American girl doll phase, I think. Yeah. Right. Like I'll give her credit. She was really holding on to that. But the thing that I used to get pissed about was that like, people and this is like a whole other part but people would buy her a lot of bitty she had a lot of bitty babies bitty baby accessories Mm -hmm. now remember i had no american girl doll accessories (laughs) she had all these different outfits all these different things the carrying thing so she could carry it around like it was a baby like on her chest like she had it all and i was like i had to like walk around with a like crinkly catalog for years (laughs) to get that doll so oh that god. was that was her and her bitty baby. I love oh, that. That's oh a my classic, god! Classic, classic older sibling trajectory yes. for that for sure. <laughs> Seriously, oh my god, that's too <laughs> funny. We we haven't gone too far into the bitty baby uh, land, but we do talk about bitty bear every once in a while who is like the cutest thing known to man like that little Wait, bear is he like a bear that bitty baby had yeah yes. and it came with like matching accessories and little like accoutrements with each outfit for bitty baby it's Aww. so cute i mean bitty yeah. ba- i'll get bitty baby is really cute i'll give yeah. i'll give bitty baby that laura had the yeah. bitty twins if you, oh, are yeah, you familiar about that. <laughs> are you familiar with the bitty twins meredith no so the bitty, twins, <laughs> the bitty twins and this, like, if my mom's listening, she's going to be rolling her eyes. I got the bitty twins when I admittedly was way too old to be asking for them. I, 
I think that the Biddy Twins probably came out when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And I was so beyond my baby doll playing phase, but they got me like just really hooked on wanting them because they were new and they hadn't ever had anything like that in the catalog before. So when mm-hmm. when we got the the Biddy Twin launch catalog that was like mostly <laughs> focused on them. Right. Like and they it, got to be the star of the show for a minute. Yeah, I was like, I need them. And I also think I had like their Christmas outfits, but they were like coded to be a little older than Bitty Baby. Like it was implied that they were like toddlers, but they were the same size. Oh, I remember them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. They had hair though, and they weren't like bald baby, like Bitty Baby. They had like. yeah. Yeah. So I had the blonde ones, which like not anatomically accurate for any babies that I would be having but my in my escapist fantasies I was like this is fine um and then of of course they came out with the brunette ones like a year later um but yeah the bitty twins were a, a weird moment in time and I you know haven't really up until recently been able to find any of my American girl stuff in my parents attic but somehow I I found the bitty twins and I was so pissed because I was like I don't even want to find these like I, I would love wow. to find Samantha you've turned right. your back on the bitty twins <laughs> I just yeah, feel like they're so like they're not iconic like they were so like trendy you know mm-hmm. like if I had found Samantha I think tears would have come but like for the Biddy Twins I was like you know opening it opening all these boxes that like could have had American Girl stuff pulling out like a soft bodied item and being like oh like, oh <laughs> right <laughs> fucking Biddy Twin right right funny oh my god I had I had a bitty baby from when I was about four years old when my uh younger brother was born and I found it in my parents attic maybe like two years ago while I was on the hunt for my felicity and I think I took a picture of my bitty baby and like sent it to Laura and then immediately I like just left her in the attic whereas like felicity I like you know, took her down to my room. I brought her back to New York so I could rewig her. Like she has like star treatment and Biddy baby is just somewhere in my parents' attic. I don't even like know where she is. She's just well justice for Biddy baby. I I feel like my my sister um, pulls out her Biddy baby the way that we pull out our AGD dolls. I'll have you know. She like (laughs) brings it up from the basement and puts it at like the table and and, like changes its outfit. So I feel like my sister might might like resurrect the whole concept, and then you'll you guys will get that. You know, sort of people will be coming at you guys in the comments and saying, you know, you guys, justice for Biddy Baby. And, <laughs> Literally, yeah. justice for Biddy Baby. I know we should do a deep dive on on Biddy Baby because there is actually quite a bit to unpack there as part of the the Biddy lore. Um, right, it's but- true. And I feel like also when I'm whenever I talk about American Girl dolls, I'm like, yeah, I had one doll, but that's just like complete erasure of Bitty Baby you know right yeah 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 well so Meredith your sister still sounds like she still has her bitty baby do you know where your American Girl doll is today I do know where my American Girl doll is today she is at my parent at my dad's house and she lives in the basement but I've seen her (laughs) and she's I think she's happy down there for Samantha I think you know for her uh 
she didn't mind hanging out in that attic where she was like sneaking Nelly, you know, <laughs> I don't know, tea cakes. So I think she's okay down there. And then like one of my more interesting moments when I first moved to LA is that I went to the American Girl doll store. Ooh, um, and yeah. I had never been, I guess, to the, I don't think I'd ever been to one of the stores. I got yeah. very overwhelmed and I did make an impulse purchase where I just bought a fresh Samantha. So she's, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> she's in my bedroom. <laughs> Wait, that's incredible. Was that during the, <laughs> is she a bee forever? Like, does she have the pink dress or did you get her? Oh no. That? I got her during the, like the relaunch when they had the, the, the you know, oh original outfits and wow. she just kind of looks over me. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the Admiral and we just sort of, <laughs> you know, Oh um, my God. So wow. yeah, that was like kind of a thing that I did. Um, and yeah. And, and so, so yeah, that's, that's where they are. There's two of them, but they're both that- in my heart. That is so iconic. That is my impulsive thoughts <laughs> winning when, because Lindsay and I went to the store in New York. I haven't been to the store in LA since I moved here, but I do want to go. Um, but let's go together. We, let's do it. Let's, let's do go. it. Okay. Perfect. Um, no, I would love to go. It's always a magical experience when you walk in there because you're like, I don't think I'm going to care that much. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm reliving my childhood. And when Lindsay and I <laughs> went in New York, I was like, I could leave here with a doll. I could do it. It'd be so easy. It'd be so easy with my adult money to just drop a quick hundy on a new doll. And I don't blame you for doing that. It, it's really like my my dream is to just walk in and like pick one and be like, well, th- I did it. <laughs> right? Honestly. And you know, we hear a lot in our comments Um, on Instagram or TikTok where people are like, oh my God, I always wanted a doll. Like, and people will encourage them be like, you're an adult, you have money, buy it. Right. Go buy it. I mean, like, obviously like, it's (laughs) not like it's $5, but like, I have no regrets about buying it. When I see it, it brings me joy. Yes. Ah, I love that. We buy like art for our homes, right? Like we put things up on the wall. I absolutely love that. You know, I think think it's so great finding moments and objects and whatever it is to bring that joy to you. I'm sure the unbridled, just like unconstrained joy you felt in that moment, picking out a Samantha is like, you know, a life highlight. It really was. It was kind of fun. And then we had an amazing photo shoot and (laughs) yeah. Oh my God. Who were you with when you purchased her? My husband. And he was like, you can do this if you want. Cause you've talked about it before. I think and I was like, <laughs> I, love yeah, that. I think I have. So he, I just went for it. Was he familiar with American girl before um, meeting you? Yeah, I guess a little bit. He's like kind of a good sport. So I feel like there was probably some like second grade girl who like made him look at a catalog once. <laughs> like he was like, yes. he was like, he's like a really nice guy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so nice. It's it's always interesting to see what the male reaction to American Girl is going to be. Because, yeah. you know, it's like, I do think that a lot of women's interests get like minimized and like downplayed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy to like, even like as a woman be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't like collect dolls or whatever, because whatever. And it's like, who cares? Like, just let people live. Um, 
but yeah. I think like it's it's always interesting to see like the male reaction to American Girl because either they like heard of it because they had like sisters or something or right. they have no clue <laughs> And they're like, oh, this is interesting. Is this cosplay? This is like, right. Honestly, my husband had no clue what it was either. Like before I started this podcast, even because I really hadn't talked about it prior, but he was Mm -hmm. like, I remember in the beginning, he's like American dolls. What American? Like he he was just like, (laughs) is that like a a Mike Huckabee doll? An American doll? (laughs) Like what is that? Right. And even like, it's kind of funny when you like, when I like hear him or overhear him, like talking about my podcast to other people, it's like always really interesting to me because I'm like, the way I describe our podcast is very different than like the way he does. And I'll be more of like, you know, when I introduce it to people, I'll be like, oh, like I have like a nostalgia podcast or like a millennial nostalgia podcast. And then like, if it piques their interest, I could like explain exactly what the niche is and right. go a bit deeper. But my husband will be just like, yeah, she's a doll podcast. Like, and I'm like, I <laughs> don't think you're explaining it well. <laughs> Like, gonna think you're like ever since the episode of Seinfeld where like George's mom or so somebody has a doll collection. Yes, like that. Like right, right. and it's which I love like that. Right, like people don't get how uncreepy this. Like these dolls are very like something about the face ratio is exactly what it needs to be. Where like these dolls come off as like wholesome, very uncreepy, like very like high end you know like it's 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 just like a new perspective on that and so like I feel like unless you know what American Girl is like people don't like really like get it and I just like yeah I I hate when I like try to over explain it to someone who doesn't get it but um but yeah the girls that get it get it and that's just the way it is exactly exactly exactly. (laughs) also I have to say that like my dad just texted me which is uh not a rare occasion but not often does he text me and it literally is a message. I would like for you to throw away anything you have in the attic. So. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And what, and what That's he, a direct I, attack on Bitty Baby. It's right? a direct attack on several bags of stuffed animals that I have. My dad literally, this has been like an ongoing drama between my father and myself for the past few years. Well, he'll just like call me out of the blue. Like if he knows I'm coming home soon, which I am going home this weekend. And he will be like, you got to do something about those stuffed animals. And the first time he said that, I was like, okay, sure. We go to the attic. I had not seen these stuffed animals in like 30 years. And then when I went, I was like, no, I'm not throwing them away. Yeah, I can't do that. It was like traumatic to like see these stuffed animals that like I loved uh, to even fathom getting rid of them. And I know that's what he's angling for right now. <laughs> oh my God. I have this very bratty opinion that I have, I think, brought up on the podcast before. But that opinion is that as parents who were, you know, coming up in a time where maybe not as tough for us millennials now, like right. the, econ- the economy is just actively mm-hmm. working against us. These parents of ours have homes with Mm -hmm. attics and Mm -hmm. basements and we're living in cities with small amounts of storage like i'm sorry like you this is you signed up for this you have the privilege of having the storage space like i've got some stuff i'd like to keep there like honestly like that's the trade-off yes that's the trade-off this is what what you signed up for Mm -hmm. and like 
I don't know what your dad's plans are for the attic, but I, I mean, when my parents ask me to get rid of stuff, it's usually like just for the sake of getting rid of it. So yes. why are we doing that? Like, right. You've and got the attic, the space. Exactly. It's like a, a large attic. There is plenty of room. Uh, there is not there's no reason. There's no reason. And I, I love my dad. I don't mean to paint him in a bad light by him. No, 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 no. no. You're just, you're just painting him in a dad light. It's not a a dad dad light. light. It's It's such a dad dad light. light, Right. And like, (laughs) I get so much joy, like going in my parents' attic whenever I go back home. So like, it is one of my favorite activities ever. Okay. Well, I think this is a hobby of yours. And like, would your dad want to take away something that you love, something that you enjoy? Honestly, it's like going to a museum. It really is like going yeah. to a museum. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it feels like. It yeah. feels like something from a life that I l- had lived, but now feels like a spectator too. Like I have so many old notes. Um, like I saved like so, so much, so many old magazines are up there. It's really like a great archive of the early two thousands. Like mm-hmm. I probably saved every single magazine that came my way from like 1999 through like 2006. But like, I, I, I don't know. It's just like a treasure trove up there, which yeah. I don't I'll like look at it, but I don't want to like remove anything from it. So I certainly uh, will not be throwing away any stuffed animals. Yeah, no. no, no, no. However, if your if your brothers uh, are able to throw some stuff away, that would be yeah. great. Um, yeah. because the Honestly. this rule actually only applies to daughters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this I does agree. not include sons. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, speaking of magazines, Meredith, were you into the AG magazine that they had? I did. I loved the magazine. I got the magazine. I think I actually started getting the magazine before I even had my doll. Like I told you, my Ooh. mom was really prime in the pump. Like she was like, yeah. I remember the first one that I ever got. It was a Valentine's Day issue. There was a girl on the cover and she was holding a red heart. And yeah, you guys are nodding like, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we, we do. Picture <laughs> it. We, we had posted it, I think, pretty recently, um, pages from the issue. I'll DM them to you. So maybe you could relive oh the moment. It was a Valentine's Day issue. And I was obsessed with it. I can remember reading like everything, every like thing that every girl wrote in. Like, I want you to know that just because I live in Texas doesn't mean that I don't ice skate. Was it her? Okay. It, or is it I think issue? it was her. No, it was her. She's a, it's a Valentine's day party, right? Like you could have, yes. Think pink. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm going to do all these things, but I didn't. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I don't know if anybody did all those things, but no. I loved, I loved reading about them. <laughs> Maybe only children. Like, Honestly, I feel like right. People whose parents had the time. Seriously. I know, not the, mine. The activities were amazing. It. Right. Yeah. Like the crafts, the recipes, like there was so much to do in each issue, mm-hmm. but like, did I do them? No, I didn't. But I liked the idea of it. And right. And that's sort of like watching a cooking show now, right? Yeah. That's totally. like watching a cooking show now. I remember though, I did get like really scarred by one issue. It was an issue around, I think it was around the holidays, and they told the story of the little match girl. Are you familiar with that story? This sounds very yes. familiar. This sounds so familiar. So it's like a little girl and it's probably like turn of the century. Probably Samantha had probably just like walked by her and like thrown like a, you know, 
the the penny that comes with her little uh kit with her so <laughs> she's really really cold and she only has one match left and she has no shoes and finally she gets the match to light and she feels herself getting warm but it turns out she's actually dying oh god no. yes. oh my god meredith it's <laughs> like holy hell wow and they then i was that? like that was heavy that is dark we had a guest on one of our earlier episodes with Mary Ann Machescu, who was also traumatized by a story in the magazine that was literally about like someone being jealous of their best friend who lived next door's guinea pig. And so they stole it and like hid it in their garage and it died and then had to like go to the friend and be like, I, I, I did killed this. your pet. I yeah. killed your pet. <laughs> and I was so like, jealous. That was like an intense intense story yes like I I've had issues from like 1993 1994 that went to like really difficult subjects like there was a whole article on like Nazi Germany and then like even within like the historic books like American Girl did not shy away from hard topics like Mm -mm. I don't know what the vibe is for children's literature today but I feel like it was very like kind of like of the times like not yes so like coddling and being like well they, oh yeah they, gotta they were not the real world yeah people there we are so considerate of kids like perspectives nowadays which I don't think is a bad thing but right? like I definitely think like some adult was just like what this is like a good story with a lesson we'll throw it in yeah, there it's a lesson. <laughs> you know what I saw the other day I live right by um a park here in Brooklyn and there were three young kids and it looked like their grandfather just on an outing. And two of the kids were running on like a rock wall running. And it maybe was like six inches and it was pretty mm. high up. And these were like small children, maybe like yeah. four years old. And maybe the rock wall was maybe like four feet. So sure. You know, that would be a tumble. Like- yeah. Right. Yeah. This, the and same height as them. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was like the wall and on one side was like dirt, like from the park, like the grass area. And then the other side was pavement. And these kids are like racing down it. And the grandpa's just like, if you're going to fall, fall in the dirt. And I was just <laughs> like, what a, like a rough lesson, but like, it's true. Like if you're going to fall, fall on the dirt and not on the pavement and I don't know. If oh, yeah. I don't know if I was like the parent of that child, I'd be like, get off that wall immediately. But the guy was like, just fucking learn your lesson, I guess. I know. Well, that's like taking it one step farther back to like boomer parenting. Right. Um, right. You know, like that's a whole other. Yeah. There was like our parents, which like kind of had some elements of that. And then there's like true like born during World War Two or earlier right. parenting. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Like my dad, like the stories he used to tell me, like him and his friends, like causing havoc around their neighborhood, like lighting shit on fire, like jumping out of tree houses, like it, it no holds barred, like whatever, whatever went. And they're worried totally. about TikTok. Right. Right. right? Like it's like, <laughs> oh my God. It's so, so wild. I, I, I'm glad, I'm glad we grew up, you know, when we did in the peak era the golden age of american girl absolutely definitely (laughs) i also want to talk about your um samantha conspiracy 
I have always had this like theory and I've been working with it for years now that Samantha might have been involved in the death of her parents because <laughs> first of all, we know she is an agent of chaos. Uh-huh. Second of all, her parents died in a boating accident that like involved them being in a rowboat, which just like to me, <laughs> that's a little sus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she loves a sailor outfit. Mm-hmm. That girl rocks that sailor outfit all damn summer. Okay. Boom. And <laughs> let's be honest with mom and dad out of the picture, Samantha is set to inherit all of Grand Mary's money and have like zero supervision. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she plays it so well. Cause like when she yeah. gets the doll, she's like, I'm going to name it Lydia after my dead mom. Like, oh, okay, Samantha. Okay. She's like, because that's what I should do. That's what they right? want to hear. <laughs> I mean, exactly. she had she had a motive. So, <laughs> and like, where was she that night? Right. Well, that is my question. How old was she? I don't recall if they died when she was like a year before we meet her or like how long before was it? I think they died when she was a baby. So, you know, it is, it's not a perfect conspiracy theory, but few are, um, you know, could the Admiral have been involved? Why not? Actually. Yeah. Then he's got grand Mary. She's not going to be leaving any money to those, you know, kids. So that's, that's all I, that's my, that's my working theory on Samantha. Yeah. I I love that theory. I, I, that adds a little, I mean, she is an agent of chaos. I also feel like she could have caused it just in like a very, I don't know, like Amelia Bedelia way where like she, even as like a baby was being chaotic and like caused the boat to tip over and like got herself to safety. Right. Oh my God. Well, you think that she would have an aversion to all things water right. or at least rowboats and sailor right. outfits should not be in her wardrobe if this oh, was no. like she's getting in that rowboat no problem it's right? a very perverse way of mourning <laughs> and so the last right. thing that i'd add about my connection to samantha and this is not meant to be a downer but this is something i've thought about a, a lot i'm working on a memoir um about my mom passing away when when i was young and What's really interesting to me is I read this whole thing about how like we're often drawn to characters who we sort of see ourselves in. And so Mm -hmm. I was drawn to Samantha. Like she is, you know, she, she's definitely out there. I don't hold back, you know, not in, I think hopefully a rude way, but you know, she's passionate about social justice. She is all these things. And then, you know, she is an orphan. I'm not an orphan, Um, but my mom then did die. And so it is interesting to me that I was so drawn to Samantha and then, you know, a lot of my life became like other people helping taking care of me, like aunts and uncles and things like that. And so I do think it's kind of interesting looking back on it that like Samantha was my girl. Cause then like I had some elements of her life that I never knew I would have had. Wasn't rich. Right. I still wasn't rich, but <laughs> isn't that, it's just sort of interesting. I yeah. mean, totally. And, and, and how wonderful that there was, a toy and a story that you could relate to that had something like that that you could connect to because we've talked about how Samantha's story is very aspirational but that is a very real part of her story mm-hmm. and I I don't think that there is a lot of opportunities as a as a youth to see that 
you know, if that happens to you to see other instances of it in pop culture, even that right. you can relate to. And so, you know, I think it's, it's great that American girl offers, you know, that not perfect childhood. Right. Exactly. Um, so on that note, I do love my girl, Samantha. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, goodness. thank you so much for, for sharing that. I yes. think that's such a, a beautiful sentiment. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who can relate to that too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe not even just about that specific Samantha plot point, but the other hardships that the other you know, characters experience Molly's dad is away at war. Like those type of things. Like those are things that like, even though the timing is different might be applicable. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah, definitely. And so many of books that I was reading at that time were so surface level, but I feel like with American girl, they really went deep on multiple levels and sharing hardships that, you know, even if you couldn't relate, you could gain empathy from, which is yes. so important. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. With us. Meredith, that kind of leads into our last question here, which is what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? I think the lasting impression it left on me was here are these young girls at different times of sort of the world and or I guess they're all American, right? Well, no, they're not all American, but they're in America who like didn't take shit in their all, each of them in their own special way. And, you know, I mean, who knows where my life will go, but I don't take shit. And so I think that is the lasting impression that they left me with in each of their own special ways. They didn't take shit. Oh yeah. I love that. I, right. I just got chills. Meredith, I love that. <laughs> that is it, it. I mean, it's so true. That's like such a great impression from like the, the books, the historical books that you don't really see a perspective of too often. Right. right. Especially from time periods where girls and women didn't have a strong voice. Like exactly that they went above and beyond yes. to prove that they did. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so well said both of you. I, I love that assessment of them. And I think it really just, you know, is a great gateway point for young girls and women. And even if you're revisiting as an adult of, you know, this is the power that's inside you, like doesn't change like from childhood to adulthood. Like you, Mm -hmm. you can not take shit as a kid and still not take shit as an adult. Um, And, you know, American Girl taught us that. So I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Well, let's get into our little games here. I'm so excited. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Well, Meredith, if you were to have a dinner party and could invite two American Girl characters, so either the main girls or their family and friends, whoever you'd like it to be, which two American Girl characters are you inviting? Oh, so I can invite people who are not dolls? Yeah. Yes. Oh, Wow. Okay. Um, Uncle Guard. Definitely Uncle Guard. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I would probably go with who was the guy who had like maybe an alcohol problem that Felicity like had like a, he was like a friend of me. He's like, Chicky old, Nye. Old, yeah, Chicky Nye. I would like <laughs> Uncle Guard and Chicky Nye. <laughs> oh my God. Best answer. Oh my gosh. Two charismatic (laughs) men. If I've ever, if I've ever seen, Oh my gosh. Iconic. 
The surliness of Jiggy Nye mixed with the charm of Uncle Guard would just be so fun to be in the middle of. Right? Wow. I think that would be like a great, like, um, you know, like a buddy movie. Jiggy Nye and Uncle Guard, <laughs> like, have to drive cross country. Honestly. Yes. You know, I never got into American Girl fanfic, but like, I kind of want to like (laughs) slash I kind of want to write some I want like everyone to write a little fanfic (laughs) I I know a writing prompt if you will of a road trip across country with Chicky Nye (laughs) and an uncle guard and an uncle guards like model T Ford (laughs) Chicky Nye's in the back cranking it up (laughs) Right. right they're both wasted oh yeah like (laughs) there's definitely no hesitations about drinking and driving (laughs) oh my god you know we might have to switch this question from dinner party to like road trip companions yeah like where you're stuck in a car with someone for hours on end right who do you want to be in a um britney spears crossroads situation (laughs) from the american girl fandom Oh, well, that was that was a great answer. Um, My question is going to be um, of a list of your few favorite celebrities. You mentioned Food God as one. (laughs) Which American girl do you think he would have if he had one? Okay, first of all, just want to clarify that I am the number two Food God fan uh, on all social media platforms. Um, (laughs) I'm working on becoming number one. Food God. Who's number one? Uh, do you know gay man with a spray tan? No. Oh, well, he's the number one food God. We're kind of in a little bit of a competition. I mean, he doesn't know about the competition, but I I know about it. But it's Um, there. I will also just add as a caveat that food God is such a serial blocker that I really can't tag him in anything that I do because he has untagged himself and stuff that I have done. So I'm really, (laughs) I really have to tread lightly with food God. So food God, if you ever hear this, I want you to be okay with it. Food God would probably have Molly yes yes because food god yes. is a molly okay he like, is a listen, molly <laughs> he really is i love molly don't get me wrong and i stand my molly friends i get it but like molly is like she's got food god energy like she's always trying to get in into the scene right like yes like they kind of are the thing but like like molly and her two friends are kind of like food god and the kardashians <laughs> yes like he's always working towards something yes and it's and it's never just like what his career trajectory is which is like being in pr or just being right. on the friend of on keeping up with the kardashians it's always like a side thing right. um and that's like molly's little tap dancing endeavor yes oh. and like <laughs> That is, and like he would, he would be into the whole like. Remember when she has to eat the like the lima beans or whatever? Yes, like, the, food, turnips. Food, the turnips. Yeah, the turnips. Yeah. Be like, food god would love that. He'd be like, oh my god, check out these turnips. <laughs> We're putting in a little bit of cinnamon because mom's home. Like that would be that's so food god. So anyway, oh god. that is wow. <laughs> food god, don't be mad. This is my line that I always say. Food god, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> oh my god. So if he ever hears it. Oh my gosh. And that's the thing is like Molly would be mad. She'd be mad. And that's just like Food God, right? Serial blocker. 
when Bethany Frankel tried to sue me, I'm just going to say it. Um, when she tried to sue me, I was like really, really stressed out. And the only, like, I couldn't really look at the apps regularly. And the only thing that was bringing me joy was a series of like, if you type in blocked by food, God, there are hundreds of videos where people will be like, this is how I got blocked by food. God. <laughs> That's <laughs> incredible. Wow. Oh, it. it was God. like the only thing that was sustaining me. <laughs> Damn. I mean, that is Molly energy for sure. Right? Just like, the people can't see this, but I just like silently laughed to myself so hard when you said, when you said all of this, this is absolutely oh my God. hilarious. It's incredible. Ugh, wow. I, this is one of the best answers to this question we've ever yes. had to, to both you. questions. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my God. Meredith, you are such a delight. I love you even more. And I didn't think that was a possible you are <gasps> oh. a, a national treasure. Where could everybody find you after this? Thank you for asking. You can find me yelling into the void, maybe about Jiggy Nye, on Meredith M. Lynch on TikTok and on Instagram. Amazing. Uh, a must follow. Yes, definitely <laughs> a must follow. And Meredith, thank you so much for joining us today. And everyone at home, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.